Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there. Thanks so much for tuning in to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. If you find value and inspiration from the conversation shared today and you want to support this movement, the easiest way is by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, or sharing with the people that you love. It would mean the world to me for others who have access to this powerful content. So thank you so much in advance. Also make sure to stay till the end as I'm going to offer you some applicable takeaways and a challenge this week to upgrade your health. Okay, so let's dive in. I recently saw a quote on Gary V's Instagram that said, don't curse the year that woke you up. For many of us, having more time to be with ourselves and to truly witness our habits this past year has allowed us to truly recognize our efforts to numb our pain with food or ignore the wisdom of our own bodies. And for many of us, this has become our natural way of existing in the world. But healing is possible. And what is so beautiful is that our bodies possess one of the most incredible tools for letting go of these unconscious ways of being and for deep healing, which is through our breath. And the best part is it's free. It's always available and it can truly make a profound impact on your health and your life. I've talked about the power of breathwork and meditation before, but every time I learn more about these practices or use them in my own life, I find myself continuously amazed and in awe of what our bodies are capable of and how we all have this unbelievable, incredible tool, which is our breath to heal ourselves from the inside out. And so if you've been curious about the power of your breath and how it can help you heal your relationship with your body. I'm excited for you to be here today to join me for this powerful conversation with my dear friend, Samantha Skelly. Samantha is an entrepreneur, breathwork expert, wellness coach, and the founder of two programs, Hungry for Happiness, a movement that helps people experience true transformation and happiness through certified coaching, and Pause Breathwork, an organization on a mission to help people clear anxiety and stress through the power of the breath. She has helped thousands of individuals find deep freedom and love for their bodies through subtle, emotional, and energetic shifts. She's also a seven-figure entrepreneur, sought-after international speaker, the best-selling author of the book, Hungry for Happiness, and has made appearances on NBC, CBC, BBC, and many more. In today's conversation with Sam, I ask her to share her powerful story of discovering breathwork and healing after years of binging and low self-esteem. She also shares what she's learned about the underlying causes of food, body, and self-image issues that we often overlook. Plus, I asked Sam to dive deep into breathwork so that you can start to incorporate 
this practice into your daily routine as well, because it's such a powerful tool to stop the numbing of your pain and to begin to listen to the innate wisdom of your body. And so grab a pen and your journal so that you can take notes on how to apply these simple principles to your life right away. I'm excited to dive in. Welcome, Sam, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. First and foremost, I love you so much. I I love you. I love what you stand for. I love what you've created to empower individuals to really create this healthier relationship to themselves and food and to this just loving relationship with their bodies. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and being a voice to that. Mm, I love you too, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to dive in. Yeah, I know because uh, like when I first met you, I was like, we have so much in alignment. And this podcast was initially really created to empower individuals to cultivate this awareness and understanding of why, what life would look like and exist if there was freedom in our bodies, if there was freedom with food, if there was the ability to detach from the, the self-loathing and the lack of self-worth and the lack of self-confidence and the lack of self-love and really allow ourselves to step into just this life that we deeply, deeply desire and that we're worthy of. And this is what you stand for. This is what you teach. This is what you certify individuals in. Um, And so I'm excited to dive into your journey specifically, because I think it's important for people to hear other individuals who have come to the other side of it. Because over and over again, I keep hearing that, well, disordered eating will always be a part of my life. You know, that's what the therapist is telling me. That's what the doctor is telling me. It's just a matter of when it returns. And I really would love for, for the listeners to hear that that's not necessarily true. <laughs> and that there are so many individuals that you're coaching and so many people that you've worked with who have really gotten to the other side of this. Absolutely. You know, it's so interesting, Sarah, as you were sharing that, I remember this one moment where I was living in in London and England at the time. And I remember walking down the street, walking on the cobblestone street and it was windy and rainy and gray. And I was wearing like these welly boots and a jacket. And it was just like the depressing weather was very similar to how I felt inside. And I remember thinking to myself in that moment, this is just something I am going to struggle with forever. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, and the story I told myself at the time was everyone has their thing and this is mine. This is what, you know, God universe gave me as like my, you know, my, the, the crap that I have to deal with in this lifetime. And so I just, I just love how you shared that because it just is so true mm-hmm. feeling into the contrast of that moment walking in England, which was the depths of my diet depression, which is the the time that I I called that time. And and then, you know, now 10 years later, where food is an afterthought and and my body is this just this vessel that that feels really safe and and peaceful to be in. So I, I love that how you alluded to that. My story with food and my body started so young. I was a child actress and I was a dancer growing up. Um, and my whole childhood was spent on, on camera or, or on a stage. And I absorbed a lot of rejection at a very young age, which didn't manifest into an eating disorder until I was much later, but Mm. it manifested through just extreme body image issues, body dysmorphia, being uncomfortable. I can remember I refused to wear pants my entire childhood 
um, to school because I was so ashamed of my legs. And I can remember lying in the bathtub and you know, being 12 years old and looking down at my belly and being like, oh my gosh, I hate my body. Mm. It's, it's just, it's just awful. So from a very young age, I, I hated my body, even though I was, I was an athlete. I was a very, uh, you know, athletic young kid, but I had this distorted view of my body, which many people do to this day. Like body dysmorphia is a real thing. And so at 18 years old, I decided to go on a diet that was like my first diet at 18 years old. And the first diet I went on was the the cabbage soup diet, which I'm sure, I'm sure some people uh, have either done that or yep. that. Yeah. Definitely been on that one. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember being in Australia and lying on the beach and, and just being like, wow, I cannot get fat because if I get fat, that means I'm unloved. That means I'm unworthy. That means I, mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. And I, I remember growing up, I received so much love for the things that I did and what I looked like, but not who I was. And mm. I internalize that as if I change and I am no longer athletic or a dancer or an actress, I'm going to lose the source of love that I am so dependent on. Mm-hmm. And so that was the start of this four-year journey where I was on over 50 diets in less than four years and struggled so much with my relationship to food. I'd, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and the first thought on my mind was, I cannot wait to go to bed tonight. Not because I didn't want to live, but the exhaustion from fighting my mind and experiencing my mind bully my body all day long was so exhausting. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is so much. And it was interesting because at the time, it was almost like I had two parts of me that were coexisting at the same time. I had this part of me that was addicted to food and to exercise. It was distorted. There was, you know, the the inner critic, the bully, Mm -hmm. all the things, right? And then I had this other part of me that knew better. You know, I knew better. Like my soul was like, this is crazy. This is not who you are. So I felt this duality in my system for that entire time. But the disordered part of me kept me in check and kept uh, controlling me because I fed it more. I let it win more. And so I finally got to this time in my life. This was four years later of dealing with this for four years. And it was this breaking point of like, I can't do this anymore. Like I am, I, I, I used to wear this mask that everything's awesome all the time. And I talk about this in my book of like all the different masks that we, we wear. And mm-hmm. that was my, that was my protection, this mask that like, everything's great. Everything's fine. Like everything, you know, yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this like very high energy, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm naturally high energy, but the, 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 at that time it was like, I, I used high energy as like a mask and a protection. So I didn't actually show the world who I was. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading at the time, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Eat, Pray, Love. And I don't know if you've read that, but she talks about her going to Bali and seeing this medicine man. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go do that. So I, I, <laughs> I flew to Bali and I found this medicine man. I got to his house and he like started poking me with these sticks as she talks about in the book. And he basically said to me in his beautiful broken English, your brain is broken. <laughs> he mm-hmm. goes, he goes, you think too much. You're too stressed mm-hmm. out. You need to relax. 
And so he goes, you need to go meditate. And as soon as he said that, I was like, did you re- did I really fly to Bali for this guy to tell me to meditate? Because everyone's been saying that. And I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> like every single time I went to go meditate, I my brain was just so busy. And I at the time, I my body wasn't a safe place for me to be in. I, I would sit and try and feel my emotions. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, I, I'm scared to figure out what's down there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I go back to Ubud and where I was staying and I went to this place called the Yoga Barn, which is it just, it's actually still there today. It's a cool place. And I went to go to, to this meditation class and I ended up being late for the meditation class and found breath work. Mm. And I looked at the community board and I was like, breath work, like what, like surely that's just like breathing. And the time on the breathwork class is three hours. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like breathing for three hours. Um, but there was that part of me that, 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 you know, my soul, soulful part that was like, go do that thing. So I went to go in the class and the, this man came up to me, he was dressed all in white and he looked like Jesus. And he was like, he said to me, are you ready to go on the ride of your life? And I kind of looked at him and I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you are going to feel emotions in your body that, that you've probably never felt before or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, how, and this was at a time where the two things I could feel were numbness and anxiety. If I felt mm-hmm. anxious, then I would like overexercise and I, or I would eat something to feel like numb again. And if I was numbed out, then I would eat something to feel alive. It was like this whole, this whole like unhealthy battle toggling between the two energies. And so he said, you're going to feel joy. You're going to feel bliss. You're going to feel uh, sadness and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, Jesus, man, I will trust you and I will do this thing. So I lied down and I started breathing in this pattern that they taught. And gosh, within the first few moments, I really did begin to feel alive again. I, mm. My body felt energized. My mind felt clear. My heart was opening. Things were becoming, things were feeling like expansive. I'm like, what is going on? And and as I just kept that breath pattern and I was crying and then I was laughing and then I was screaming and I really went through the whole range of emotions. And I like... I I was like, I was like, did someone drug me? Like, what is going on? And so I get up from that experience and I go up to him and I was like, why do people not know that we're this powerful? Like, this is incredible. And so from that moment, I I was like, I need to, I need to learn everything about breathwork. This was 10 years ago when barely Mm. anyone was talking about it. I'm like, I need to learn everything about it. I need to take every certification on the market. I, I need to go deep into this. And so I use breath work to help me understand what is the difference between an emotional hunger cue and a physical hunger cue? What Mm. am I really hungry for? What is the emotional needs that I'm using food and exercise to fulfill? And how can I fulfill that with, with my own energy and my own presence to, to these parts of me that need love? And so breath work was the, the essentially the the medicine that I Mm -hmm. used to heal from emotional eating, body image issues and my exercise addiction. And so it's, been a been a journey ever since and so that's where hungry for happiness was birthed from that journey 10 years ago mm. wow there's so many parallels in our story that i didn't i didn't know about and um it's it's so incredible right because right now i recently saw a meme that said don't curse the year that woke you up and i Ooh. think it, and it was 
it was the Gary V post, but I think he had reshared it. And I think what so many of us and what I'm hearing over and over again is this is the year that we're waking up to disconnecting from the wisdom of our body and using food to numb because now we're home and we're in that awareness, right? To witness how often we use food to numb. And I'm hearing this over and over again. But the interesting part that relates to your story is that I'm hearing that people are terrified of meditation and journaling. Mm. And so it's interesting to hear this piece that you actually created this awareness through breath work, which I haven't heard that piece yet because so many people, like the healer said, go straight to meditation, but then people are scared of their mind. Because what we're really connecting to is the heart and the and the space between the thoughts, not the actual thoughts, but people think it's the thoughts that that we have to confront. And so I would love to dive deeper into this breathwork piece because I think it is going to be the transformational piece that so many people step into, specifically as we move into 2021 and we kind of feel this residue left over from, from this year. And so I don't even know where to start like with this breath work. I've done it. I've done quite a bit of it. But for someone who's new, who's like, I am absolutely terrified to feel what I'm feeling. I'm terrified to actually process what happened to me in my past. I'm terrified of the traumas. I'm terrified of what I'm avoiding. What would be your encouragement or maybe that courageous step that they could take to start this process? Mm, I love this so much. Start with a minute a day, just one Mm. minute a day and just commit to doing that. And the reason why is because we want to slowly open up the window of tolerance for our body to experience more energy in our system than normal. Most of us are living in the sympathetic fight or flight. So we're just kind of like feeling like numb and anxious, like I talked about in the story. And so when we slowly open up our body to feeling more of everything, we can begin to stabilize the energy that comes through. And so for for those of you who you're like, what is she talking about? I think the best thing to do is truly just to experience it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, what I'm going to do is just, um, I'm going to talk you through a really easy breathwork uh, pattern that you can do every single morning for one minute as soon as you wake up. The breath pattern is called the tri-active breath. So we are only using the mouth. We're not going to be using the nose. And so it's two breaths in and one breath out only using the mouth. And so we bring the energy in through the belly, up into the chest, and then out through the mouth. So it sounds like this. And so... Don't do that while you're driving, but if you are somewhere where you can sit on a chair or lie down on a bed, just allow the the energy to move in and out of your body and just see how you feel. What is going on when we're doing breath work is we are helping our body to release the mind. And so the biggest difference between meditation and breath work is meditation, you're thinking about not thinking. <laughs> And with breath work is we're we're doing a dynamic practice to release the mind. So so the breath is actually doing the work for us. The Mm. body is doing the work for us. And all we have to do is just utilize the breath and keep breathing, which allows so much spaciousness and so much ease. Mm. Now, for somebody who hates meditation like, like I did, It's really about, so two things, again, doing one minute a day, just waking the body up and just feeling what it feels like. And then you can progress from there, do two minutes a day, three minutes a day until you can kind of do, you know, a three hour journey like I did my first time, which was crazy. And I I definitely do not recommend that as your first time. 
Um, I, I prefer taking more of the gentle, simple approach of just slowly getting yourself into it so you don't shock your body and never do it again. I actually, um, one of our mutual friends, Ashley Saul, uh, we were talking about breathwork this morning and Ash was like, oh, the first time I did it, it was so intense and it was physically uncomfortable. And I just like, I don't, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And, and that can really happen to people because it, it is such an intense practice and it, and it can be very physical where you're shaking and you're moving and you're doing mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And for people who've never done it before, that can feel quite untethering. So go slow, go patient and just allow yourself to experience the energy and progress slowly. And what that allows the body to do is just really reawaken, reawaken a lot of the the stagnant energy that's been in our body forever Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and really begin to shift it into you know, un- unbind the the suppressed energy, unbind the suppressed trauma and emotionality and creating, creating a, a lot more lightness. So can you do it if you have a lot of trauma? Absolutely. But we, you got to go slow. And I'd recommend even working with a facilitator. Yeah, I definitely recommend working with someone because you will release things and things will show up. And I have this belief that the more alive we come come into ourselves, like the more alive we feel in our bodies, the quicker it is to heal our relationship with food. Because when you feel alive in your body, you're going to choose nourishing foods. You're going to choose the way of movement that feels good for you. You're going to choose the relationships that activate the part of yourself that feels this aliveness. You're going to choose a career that is on purpose. And so if we could start with the breath, which we have access to all day long, it just, it doesn't make sense not to, right? It's like, it's like the, the portal to, to every part of our life. It's the portal to our truth. It's the portal to our alignment. It's the portal to our intuition, using breathwork to unlock the clarity in our body and have deeper access to our intuition is just so incredibly profound. Like when we can get out of the chaos of our ordinary mind Mm -hmm. and we can shift, well, here, I'll explain it in like a little bit of a map. So at any point in time, any any point of your day, there's three pillars of connection that are all speaking to you, trying to communicate different things. So we have our mind, we have our cognitive structured mind, which is the house of the judgments and fears and doubts and projections and all of the stuff that creates a lot of chaos. And then we have our emotionality. So all of our sensations, all of our joy, bliss, sadness, stress, anxiety, tension, overwhelm, you name it, it's all in that secondary pillar, which is the emotional pillar. And sometimes it's our emotions. Sometimes if we're highly empathetic, we can take on emotion from other people. And then underneath that is our intuitive pillar. I call this the pocket, like really getting in the pocket, that intuitive, beautiful pillar that is just so incredibly just discerning and clear and connected to who we are, connected to our truth. Now, with meditation or with cognitive-based personal development work, we're trying to fight through the mind, fight through the emotions to get to that place. With breath work, we give it direct access. And so that's kind of the difference. And it's really the bottom up approach, starting in the body Mm. first versus trying to change the mindset to change the emotions, which is more accessible for many people, but just takes longer and is not as sustainable. 
Yeah. And I would assume that as you're going from the bottom up approach, you're shifting and strengthening the intuition first, then your external world changes more quickly versus going to the mind and trying to change the thought. That's it. Yeah. And I also feel like this would probably even from a body love perspective and from a food perspective, you know, when we're going out into the world, we're seeing the magazine cover still, we're still seeing the billboards, we're still seeing the ads that pop up on Instagram. And because of that, we have to keep fighting that off all the time. But when we strengthen the intuition, tell me if this is what resonates with breath work is when we're building that, then it becomes more seamless. It's like, oh, that doesn't even resonate with me anymore. So I'm not even going to click on that ad anymore. I'm not going to engage in that experience or get triggered by that post. Um, and then we're really stepping into the full alignment of our truest selves. Absolutely. It's truly about strengthening our central channel. So we have this beam of energy that runs from the top of our head right down into our root. And it's it's our sense of self. It's the energy that vibrates at the the, the vibrational field of who mm. we really are. And what we're doing with breath work and, and not just breath work, we can access this, this central channel through other practices. You know, if you are, if you do love meditation, that's your thing. You can mm-hmm. absolutely get there through meditation. You can get yeah. there through intuitive movements. You can get there through goodness, like hiking in nature and like really reconnecting. And when we glimpse that central channel, our body remembers. And so, so much of the suffering and struggling that we go through is conditioned and learn behavior, learn struggle. And so when we are placing our body in environments that allow us to have more access to our central channel, what that's doing is it's giving our, ourselves a chance to remember who we really are. And mm. there's a there's a deep part of us that's like, oh yeah, I remember. Like, this is how I used to feel. You know, this is how I, how I used to feel. And we were little, 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 but we still have that deep emotional remembrance of who we really are. And so when we, when we consciously and purposefully give ourselves glimpses of our true nature, we can begin to stabilize that. And then we get to settle into a deeper place of well-being. So rather than just glimpsing that central channel when we're doing our practices, we can begin to really stabilize that and live from that place. And that's the whole essence of of sustainable transformation. And so for people who are, you know, in a, in a massive fight with their body, mm-hmm. finding our center, finding our truth is, is such a gift that we can give ourselves. The body is such an incredible vessel. It's like this, the most beautiful piece of technology but when we are living under the distortion with all of the projections and conditioning and we think our bodies aren't good enough, then we begin to abandon them little by little, little mm-hmm. by little. And not only are we abandoning our body, we're abandoning the gifts and the wisdom that our body provides to us on a daily basis. And so mm. we're, we're, we're then just living in this structured cognitive mind, which is, again, directly related to a lot of fear and anxiety and Unfortunately, that's where a lot of the world is living right now and and uh, operating from. Yeah, and and I think this the piece for me that was so profound was when I was able to really disconnect from the mind and really ground in my body and and feel the sensations of my body. There was an acceptance and surrender that took place mm-hmm. where I was like, "This is my body. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to surrender to it." Because beyond changing, you know, my hair color or my weight, you know, mm-hmm. up and down a little bit, there's not much I can actually change. Like this mm-hmm. is my DNA. This is my genetics. And so, what mm-hmm. is this beautiful gift that I get to accept in this moment versus 
the comparison trap, the jealousy trap, the trends trap, the going and, and being on social media and scrolling and wishing that my happiness or my self-love or my body love existed outside of me. I think that's what it's done for me particularly. And I think that that's the greatest gift, right? That we can give ourselves um, specifically right now more than ever. It's getting back in our bodies and recognizing the wisdom that that is inherent within all of us. Um, and I think it's important to also for the listeners to to, to really witness and hear that that uh, this isn't like for a certain set of people that like go into the jungle and do breath work. Like this is this is for everyone, right? I, I hear so often like that's nice, Sarah. That's for you. You you know, that's the world yeah. you're living in. But like I'm like, no, this is for anyone can have access to this power and these gifts. Absolutely. It's right under our nose. I mean, going into the jungle sounds amazing. Like sign me, me up, too. but me I too. also do this. Yeah. I also, do I would this. do anything to go into the jungle <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh my God. Let's go girl. I know. Oh, let's just raise our babies in the dirt. You know, I, I know. I know. I'm so it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But it, it's like, this is something that is so accessible, absolutely mm -hmm. free. And, and it's so predictable. Like here's the thing, Sarah, that I love so much about it. We are living in a time where our, our sense of certainty has been ripped underneath of us. And we, we are all searching for safety after food, water, and shelter. We absolutely need to have emotional safety and we're conditioned to believe that it needs to exist outside of us. And in 2020, we have been shown that that's just mm -hmm. not available anymore. And so it's driving people into these chronic states of the parasympathetic, this fight or flight feeling, which is depleting their nervous systems and creating so much unrest. And so one of the best ways that I meet my need for safety and certainty is through breath work, is through knowing that, wow, in Every single moment I have the ability to regulate my nervous system, go from the parasympathetic or sorry, go from the sympathetic into mm -hmm. the parasympathetic and really rest in that place of well-being. It, it, you know, Tony Robbins, you know, mm -hmm. you and I are, you know, I are down with Tony Robbins, totally. <laughs> um, you know, he talks about the six human needs. And like, when we look at breath work, we're like, wow, it is, it, it allows us to meet those needs. It gives mm -hmm. us certainty. It gives us variety. It gives us love, connection connection, contribution to the self. There's so many needs that it meets. And so when we are frantically searching our external world to meet our needs and finding ourselves feeling depleted and scared, we can always come back to our breath. We can always come mm -hmm. back to this place of, of deep knowing. And, you know, we are our own drug. We are mm -hmm. our own drug. Like we have the ability to absolutely create an emotional experience inside of us that is not dependent on anything outside of us. And this was one of the biggest lessons. And I'm so grateful that I learned this during my body image and disordered eating days is I have the ability to fulfill the needs that I am searching for. And mm -hmm. I, I, I was realizing that I was putting band-aids on bullet wounds during that whole entire time, because it wasn't about the food, it wasn't about my body, and it wasn't about my exercise addiction. What was really at play here was something so much deeper. There was an there was an inherent worthiness wound that I was trying to medicate my entire life through these mm. disordered behaviors. And what I realized was, wait a second, I have the medicine for that. I am my own drug. Oh my gosh! All right, cool. Now let me let me really show up for myself in that way. And there's a there's an ease and there's a simplicity to it. And this can be done, you know, on your own, or this can be done in the presence of an amazing coach or healer or therapist or whatever mm -hmm. it is, but never give your power away 
to anyone else thinking that they have the answers for you. You inherently have every single answer you need. Yeah. And I love what you alluded to is just the amount of effort it takes to stay in the suffering. I yeah. think we forget that the um, we could direct all of that energy to our purpose, to our impact, to our families, to the presence with our friends, to building community, to so many other areas of, my, uh, of our lives. And I look back on my life and very similarly, I just recognize the amount of effort it took to stay in that lack of self-worth and the suffering. And it was just endless day in, day out, where the exhaustion just became too overwhelming. And so I just offer that as a reflection to, to those listening, because I think it's important for us to just to be in witness of that and witness of where all of that other energy could go. And there was a part of your book that I loved, which was about shifting from the story of how can I lose more weight to the belief of, um, I think you said, how can I love myself more in this moment? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring that up because people think that this body love experience is this lifelong journey, like I shared before, and that it takes years of work. But as you shared, it was like this one moment where you said, no longer am I going to wake up with the belief of how can I lose more weight? But instead I'm going to step into the, like, how can I love myself more in this moment. And so I just wanted to dive a little bit into that belief system. And if you had any other mindset shifts around that, that could help people really recognize that it's the moment we choose to live a different way. Yeah. It's so interesting when we ask ourselves, where, where are my actions and my behaviors motivated from? Is it fear or is it love? And Mm. any attempt that we have to lose weight or go on a diet or whatever it is, it's all manufactured in this fear-based energy that is not really ours and it's not really what we what we want. And so I truly believe when we when we learn the tools and the fundamentals to fall back in love with our body and we wake up with an agenda to only nurture it and nourish it on a deep level, your body's your body's going to take care of itself as far as like the physical weight is concerned. And so often we have emotional weight on our body that we are wanting to lose mm-hmm. and we're we're approaching it from this very fear-based, forceful way going on these restrictive diets and these crazy, you know, like the, the pills, the shakes, the, the all the things. And we're just we're just putting fear on top of fear, right? The weight on the body was created in fear and then we're trying to get rid of it in fear. Well, what mm-hmm. if we shift the narrative, we shift the script, and we we started really, really slow. And if you hated your body, let's just get with that. Let's get with the fact that you hate your body and let's be honest with that. When we have truth, then we have traction and then we have transformation. And so when I was going through this journey, I subscribed to a lot of body positivity um, influencers, which I found were like, I love the intention of that. But in my brain, I was trying to switch from I hate my body I have for four years into I love my body. And I felt like I I was like at war with myself and not really being truthful to mm, myself. Mm. And so what I, my journey in that it was was number one. Accepting the fact, well, well, first of all, accepting the fact that I didn't hate my body. What I hated was the fat on my body. And I needed to get really clear on that. Those are two very, very different things. And, and then I needed to go, okay, can I accept the fact first that I hate my body? Let me just accept the fact that that's the truth right now because I don't want to hide from the truth. I want to really get with it. And then when I, when, I, when I really went through that stage, then I came to this place of just neutrality. I don't hate my body anymore, but I definitely don't love it anymore. And it was just like, okay, it it just is what it is. Mm. And then I began to build the path of love. All right, what would it take 
for me to love myself? What questions do I need to ask for me to build that narrative of love around my body? And then it, it just really grew from there. And so it really comes down to what is the intention behind the action? And, mm-hmm. and then when we're talking about food, what is the intention behind consumption? People will ask me all the time, Sam, how do I know if I'm an emotional eater or if I just love food? And I'm like, well, what is the intention behind consumption? Are you eating because you want to numb an emotional pain or you want to feel something? Or are you just really wanting to enhance life and and connect and and just enjoy yourself? Those are Mm -hmm. two very different things. And the same thing with, with exercise, you know, exercise for me was was punishment. The intention was always, I want to lose weight or I ate too much yesterday or, or whatever it was. And, and now the intention is I want to feel amazing. I want to move my body in a way that feels nourishing. I want to just really allow myself to have a beautiful experience in my body. And so when we, when we have a, a a loving agenda, a loving narrative, we allow the weight on our body to take care of itself and we don't have to manage it. Yeah. I love that explanation. And I think it's powerful to also recognize that we can have a loving agenda to losing weight as well. And and it's, what is the intention behind that weight loss? And because I've talked to so many people who are like, I feel finally feel alive in my body because I lost this weight. I can go hiking. I can play with my kids. I can do many things that I never was able to do, but I couldn't have done that unless I connected to the loving relationship. And before it was a hateful relationship to lose weight and, and, and shifting that belief. And I think every experience we have with our bodies is, is really setting us on an intention to, to really get clear and be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of my really good friends, um, she, she's like, when you have jealousy come up, her name's Biet, um Simkin. She's like, when you have jealousy come up, one of the best things you can do is just speak it out loud and you can say it and be truthful about it yeah. because it releases it in your body because often it's the shame that we want. It's the guilt. It's these feelings that we're addicted to. Mm-hmm. It's not the actual experience that that's in front of us. It's the feeling that we're hiding within us and only through letting go and releasing and stating and, and being in truth can we allow ourselves to let go of that shame that we're that's hiding within us. You know, I love this so much, Sarah, and I I practice this a lot with um, my friends. If something Mm -hmm. comes up, I'll be like, hey, I'm really jealous of this thing in you. And the reason why is because this is the unexpressed part of me that you Mm. are fully expressing and it's triggering me and I know it has nothing to do with you, but I just like, I just wanted to share that because I know that that's what it is and I don't want there Mm -hmm. to be any weird energy between us. And, you know, I, I welcome this as well in my communities of women. I have a certification women. So I train people to become food and body coaches and in there, you know, when you bring a hundred women together who've had a history mm-hmm. of body image issues, there's going to be things that come up. And so I always encourage this narrative of how can we use comparison? How can we use jealousy as a way, as a tool for transformation? And how can we, we be so clean in our communication with that, that it not only frees us from it, but we, we get to educate, you know, the entire community on how mm-hmm. to really deal with these things. Cause you know, shame's a shame's a really heavy emotion to carry, and, mm-hmm. and you know, especially when we're in these, you know, quote unquote spiritual communities, it's like it's like we forget sometimes our humanness in that, and we bypass yep. our humanness a little bit in that. So, um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I've been noticing myself, especially during 2020, and you know, given everything that we faced this year with my friends, I've I've been very honest of 
you know, I'm noticing a jealousy in me that you're pregnant, or I'm noticing a jealousy of me that you're playing with your three kids and I'm not pregnant yet or whatever it is. And it's so beautiful to have the friends that are that are clear enough within themselves to know it's not a projection, but yeah. they can hold the space to witness it and just be in it with you and say, say like, thank you for being honest and open and sharing that with me. And so I think it's important to start to think about if you have those type of individuals in your life that you can, that you can just be clean with and clear with and, um, and do they offer that space? Or are you always holding that space? And I think there's that dynamic too, where often we're the space holders and we're constantly taking on everyone else's collective around us that also can push us to eat or to avoid in certain ways. And so I think getting really clear on that is also a really beautiful step going into 2021. Absolutely. That is so incredible. It's it like when we can create environments for us to be completely mm-hmm. transparent and truthful with ourselves and others, we remember our humanness. We, we, we normalize what it means to be human because especially in 2020, what a ride. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm predicting like we have a little more to go. I'm like, I'm like, I don't think this is over yet, guys. I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm like, I think we're gonna buckle up, do some more meditation, keep grounding, keep centering, oh, and yeah. you know, pray that the light continues to appear and it will appear. And I'm trusting uh-huh. in that. But but I'm like, I think I think we're we're whenever we think right, whenever our mind tells us, oh, this is over, some relief that's when we're woken up to to something new. And so I think it's building the toolkit now. And I think that's the blessing of 2020. It's it's like, okay, these are the tools for whatever comes in the future. And that should be empowering, right? I, I keep hearing people say, this is the worst year of my life and I just need to get through this and I need to get to the next year. And I was like, this has been one of the best years of my life because I've increased my toolkit. Like I've built this resilience and this stamina. And if we can shift that belief to gratitude, Man, I feel like we're we're gonna empower ourselves into into twenty twenty one and beyond for sure. Yeah. I've increased my toolkit as well. I put lots of tequila in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some wine, tequila, <laughs> vodka. <laughs> that makes it that makes everything worse for me. If I'm totally. feeling anxious and I have wine the next day, I'm like, oh God, that was a bad idea. <laughs> you know, I didn't drink for like a year and a half. And then I had one glass of wine with the like with Alyssa and like some other of our girlfriends. And I woke up the next day and I texted Alyssa and I was like, oh my God, never again. <laughs> like, Same. This is awful. Same. Same. I have like zero tolerance for it these days. I it's don't crazy. know what happened to me. <laughs> we used to be so cool, Sarah. What happened? We used- I know. I'm like, we used to be cool. Um, I guess it's a blessing in, in disguise. Um, but I, I want to talk about your book because I would love all the readers to get it. I bought it. I'm loving it. I'm so grateful that you wrote this. I've been sending it to my clients. So um, let's talk a little bit about the Hungry for Happiness book. It's the edited revised version. It's out now available. Um, and yeah, if you could give this gift to, you know, all individuals who need to shift their relationship with food in their bodies, let's talk a little bit about like what that gift would be and the intention behind this book. I wrote it to be the feeling of, Hey, let's hang out on the couch and let me tell you about these things. And let's, let's hang out together. You know, like Mm. I really, uh, here's one of the biggest things, Sarah, when I went through this, I isolated myself and I felt so alone in it. Mm. And so one of the intentions I had as I was writing every single word is I want people to feel human. I mm. want people to feel like they are so 
whole and perfect and there's some distortions that we just get to heal together and setting the vision of like, yo, you can get out of this, you know, Mm -hmm. like I don't want people to have those moments where uh, like I did in London where I was like, this is just the thing that I'm going to struggle with and boxing myself in this reality of never healing. And so I really want the the book to serve as an, an inspiration and a vision for people to to realize the power that they have within themselves. And knowing that we are we are not only the creators of our reality and what we want to step into, but we're also the destroyers. We can destroy mm-hmm. things that do not serve. We can, you know, what's that? What's that? There's like a goddess, like Kali. Yeah. Is it Kali? Mm-hmm. I don't like the goddess of destruction. Like destruction. we can become that, you know, in our own lives. And so the book is not only my my journey through disordered eating, body image issues, that whole diet depression time of my life, but it also includes very tangible and actionable tools uh, in each chapter that people can move through and reflect on and really invite in some self-inquiry for them to create some real big shifts in their life. And mm-hmm. um there's also a uh, meditation and breathwork series that goes with the book. That's a bonus when you buy. Mm. Yeah. I love that invitation. Cause I hear mm. so often, well, you know, it's just disordered eating. It's not that big of an issue. It's not like I have this other addiction. It's not like it's alcoholism or, you know, drug abuse. And when I hear that I get really sad, it's like, it, there's this sadness that comes over me. Cause I'm like, well, if, even if you have, you know, l- like I don't like to normalize things, but let's say you just wake up and you just don't feel like nourishing your body with food, or let's say you don't feel like moving your body in a way that feels fun and enjoyable to you, and that's it, and that's and that's what you're up against. There is another level of love and connection and joy and nourishment, and I don't think we know how good we can feel in our bodies often. And so when I hear that, it's like there's a sadness, and then there's also this like wow, we have so many people to empower into stepping into this this body love and this belief that food is one of the greatest gifts on this planet and and nourishing to our bodies and um, and really, really can be fully in alignment with our highest goals. And so I'm just grateful for you for writing this and having the courage to cultivate such such a level of invitation to those who need it. And so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Aww, thanks, Sarah. I appreciate you so much. And yeah. thank you for doing similar work. It is yeah. so needed right now. I know. And it, it's so interesting because people are always like, there's so many body love coaches coming out. Like that's what you do. And I'm like, do you know how many individuals need support? Like the more coaches we have doing this, the absolute better. Like we need this awareness. We need this cultural shift. We need the societal shift. We need, we need this work more than ever before. And we need us all doing the inner work on ourselves to, to be a, a stance for younger generations and to heal ourselves so that our kids can witness what it looks like to love our bodies and to really have this nourishing, nourishing relationship to food. Yeah. Um, if people want to join up for join your certifications, want to, you know, be part of your breath work, um, you're doing certification for breath work now. Mm-hmm. Um all the things like where yes. are the best places to join you to be part of all of the epic things yeah. that you're doing. I have so many clients going through, um, uh, your breathwork certification right now. Oh, they're loving it. They're like, they're like so excited. So pumped. I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm like next year I'm going to potentially join it. So, Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. I love it. So everything 
for breathwork is at pausebreathwork.com. So you can find the facilitator training. You can find our online courses there. So everything's there. And then the 400-hour food and body coaching certification is at hungryforhappiness.com slash certification. Mm. And is that hungryforhappiness.com slash book. And I'm super active on Instagram as well. So you can come and hang out, ask questions there as well. And what's that? What's the Oh, right. <laughs> That's at Samantha Skelly, just okay. my first and last name. <laughs> I was going to take a guess because I, I mean, we like connected all the time on Instagram, but I was like, I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> That's okay, the so one. Sam. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I love you. Thank you for being oh, here, sharing your wisdom. And I trust that so many people are going to join your programs, get your book, your breathwork course, get your meditation course, all the things. And, um, and yeah, it's 2021 is the year for us to heal. So oh my gosh, it's so trust, good. Yeah. I'm trusting in all of it. So I love you. Thank you for being I here. I love you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Wow. I am so thankful to Sam for sharing her powerful story with us today. I trust that you enjoyed our conversation and I trust that you can also find moments of deep awareness that will allow healing to happen. Just as Sam and I talked about, our bodies are truly remarkable and we already possess the tools to find that balance, well-being, and self-love internally. Self-awareness is often the first step in cultivating a healthy relationship with food and our bodies. And so breathwork is crucial in developing this self-awareness. So much research has been done to show how breathwork positively impacts our physical body. From chronic pain to heart health to immunity, the simple practice of breathwork helps us become more compassionate towards ourselves. It allows us to be more present. It promotes healthy sleep, decreases anxiety, and increases happiness. One way breathwork has specifically helped me is dropping into my body and accepting it exactly the way that it is. And as Sam and I talked about today, one of the greatest challenges I see with my clients, especially individuals who have been told that happiness only exists when they look a certain way, is the act of acceptance and surrender to the body that they have. Hearing this can be deeply challenging for many individuals. Some grieve and some mourn, but on the other side of that pain is freedom. And as I shared earlier, disordered eating does not have to be a way of life. It can absolutely be healed. And so today, give yourself a few moments before you leave this podcast to jot down some practices that you can take away from our conversation to start to really drop into your body and accept it. Maybe that's breath work or meditation or even an afternoon walk with your dog where you're just fully present in your body. And so I trust that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was a conversation I believe that we can all benefit from. And so if you enjoyed this particular conversation, go listen to my podcast with Holly Futchman as we approach a similar topic from a different angle of finding food and body freedom through that deep awareness and through that self-love. Also, if you're inspired by this podcast, drop me a message on Instagram. I want to know if you've been listening. I want to know what's resonating. I want to know what you want to hear more about and how I can support you further in becoming happier and healthier. You can find me on Instagram at Sarah Ann Stewart. And until next time, I'm sending you a massive virtual hug, sending you so much love, and I'm trusting that you'll have a beautiful, incredible week ahead. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. 
you're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.